Welcome to the Real Talk Real Estate Podcast with hosts Aleem Savani and Brandon Daniel. All right, people, welcome back to another episode of Real Talk Real Estate. What we like to do for each of our episodes is bring on uh, guests who can talk about everything industry related. So with my co-host, Aleem Silvani, and myself, Brandon Daniel, welcome. Welcome, everybody. So today we actually have a special guest, two people in the industry that I actually respect very well. And I've been following them on social media and I get a lot of insight from them. Um, the Bold Group with Andrew and Mahip. Thank you very much for coming. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Hey, thank you. So uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and your team. How long have you been a team for? So we've been a team for two years now. Um, I've been selling real estate since 2014. I think a little bit longer than that. Sorry, yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, 20, 20, two years? No, longer, three years. Three years, sorry. Yeah, it's 2023, bro. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, been together as a team since 2020. Uh, but been working in the same office since 2018. Right. And right next to each other. Um, so, yeah. Right. So there's uh, five of us right now, uh, five agents. Um, and me, myself, and uh, another are kind of the team leaders, I guess you could say. And uh, we have two other full-time agents who are, who are with us as well. So we primarily work in Durham region, I would say. Um, it's kind of our wheelhouse, but we service all over the GTA as most agents do. Yeah. yeah. So you guys started as individual agents. Like what got yourself, like what made you guys join forces and start the bold group? Like how did that come about? Right. So when I joined, he was already with Remax Hallmark and then I joined um, 2018, I think it was. And then it just so happened that when I was looking for an office space, they put us right beside each other. So I would prospect that, you know, I met him, whatever. He was a cool guy. He was a nice guy. <laughs> he was personable a cool guy. guy. Yeah, he's yeah. Pretty easy guy to talk to, right? Um, so they put us right beside each other. And um, I w I've always been like a prospector, cold caller, that kind of stuff. Um, so I would prospect and then he would do the same thing, prospect beside me. So we kind of just went from, you know, prospecting beside each other, holding each other accountable. Accountability team turned into an actual team. So I remember uh, we, we we used to prospect together all the time. And um, I had a listing appointment to go to. It was in Pickering. Um, I showed up to the listing appointment. Yeah. The house was garbage. And as I was walking through the house, I saw this guy's business card and his listing packet sitting there. <laughs> I look over and I was like, he's already going to the same listing appointments as me. So <laughs> we might as well just hook up and work together. Yeah. Here we are. Yeah. Three yeah. years later. Yeah. yeah, a couple of years later. Now that you are working together, how does that work a listing appointment? Do you generally use go on your own? Because I'm sure you guys are busy, or do you try and coordinate it so you're doing it together? We we, we go alone to our uh, listing appointments. I mean, that's the whole point of uh, just leveraging our time. Yeah. Um, he'll go to his, I'll go to uh, my own listing appointments. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's how it works. Yeah. Generally, we'll just go on our own. Yeah. Okay. And cool. then for like when you're, ex when you, expanding your team and everything like how are you looking for people to like join your team is it like are you more want newer agents or do you want more like seasoned agents like right. so for the past couple of years i would say we haven't actively been looking for yeah. agents right because switching from individual individual agents to a team environment there's a lot of kind of restructuring and kind of figuring out how the team ecosystem would work in general um, so we did hire on a few agents and then, you know, they kind of were with us for a little bit and then left and did their own thing, which is cool. Um, so we're not actively looking. I think now that we have our systems in play, which is really important, getting our systems set up, we're going to start looking actively for agents, um, to join the team. Uh, and to, to what you were asking, what type of agent we're looking for, I would say self-motivated is huge. Um, we found that that's kind of one of the key traits is, if you're motivated to get up and get out there every day and I don't have to be the one saying, hey, go knock the doors. Yeah, you don't want to babysit them, right? No, yeah. it's not, yeah. you know. You got to have that desire to yeah. want to do business, right? To to actually be successful. So it doesn't matter if you're new or old. It doesn't really matter. No, you have to. If you, you have, have to, that desire, right. then we'd want to be with you. So you're open to newer agents uh, that are trying, trying to learn the business, Absolutely. reaching out and possibly joining as long as they have that drive and 100%. hustle, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's a huge thing. I yeah. think. Yeah. Cause I mean, you can, you can teach somebody whatever you want, but if, if they're not willing to actually implement what you're telling them, then what's the point, right? 
So would you guys say a majority of your business is residential, commercial? You do a little bit of both? Residential. Residential? Yeah. 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 We, we focus on residential. And if we have commercial, we would, uh, we would refer it out to a commercial agent. Okay. And primarily the area that you service would be? So primary service area is Durham region. Okay. Uh, for me, I, um, I do Durham and I do the West End of GTA as well. Because I have a lot of people in my database in the West End. So like Peel, Halton and whatnot. And I'm kind of the opposite side where I, Durham region again, that's our, that's our. Google house. Yeah. Our yeah. bread and butter is, is yeah. um, Durham. That's what we know, right? We, well, I've grown up in Durham my whole life. Um, but we, we tend to find a lot of the sellers that we're working with and buyers, they're moving east for me. Um, so I end up in Northumberland quite a bit, you know, Coburg and um, places out there. Um, and then we even have helped people move to Belleville and Trenton. So yeah. way east. Way yeah. east, yeah. Yeah. So And Coburg was a hot market like a year ago. Yeah, too. Coburg was really hot. Yeah. And then, um, you know, when things cooled down, those kind of outskirt towns cooled down quite Hard, yeah. harder I my, think <laughs> my wife had a condo in Coburg yeah so she was living there for a bit and we sold it just as a pandemic started the minute we sold it three months later it went up double in value wow, wow. <laughs> so we were like we were carrying like the mortgage plus rent and everything so we couldn't do it right. but yeah speaking of the pandemic of properties we had bought a property at the beginning of the pandemic to flip and we didn't know the pandemic was going to hit and then the pandemic hit and no contractors were allowed to come in, remember? Right. Oh, we, were, yeah. we panicked for a little while. And uh, then getting the home ready. By the time the house was ready for for, for sale, the market had picked up. So it worked out. In so it worked out, it worked out good. Yeah. It worked out. We so got lucky. We got, got lucky. <laughs> so you guys, do you yeah. guys do a lot of investments and flips as well? Or we try like to. on the side? Yeah, I mean, it depends who who's, I guess, defining a lot. Yeah. Um, like, like we usually pick up a couple of properties couple per, of, year, per year, I say. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I have a... I have, I think seven or eight properties under my name now. Oh, wow. A couple of them are pre-cons that are coming in the next couple of years. Um, so, I mean, that's actually why I got into real estate in the first place. I thought, you know, I want to be a real estate investor. That was my my goal, right? And then once I got my real estate license, it was to find deals, right? Yeah. But then I started servicing people and I thought, you know, this is great a great part of it too. Um but then I never kind of strayed from that original goal of, of buying properties. So that's kind of what so I what do. Was I, your, what was your first investment property? Like, was it like just pure investment? It was pure investment. Yeah. yeah. The first property I bought was a, a duplex in Whitby, downtown Whitby. Um, just a standalone bungalow. Three bedrooms up, one bedroom in the basement. I bought it for 350 back in 2014, 2015. First year I got licensed. And... Um, Converted it to a legal basement apartment, and I've held it ever since. But you still have it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you getting ca- cash flow? Um, oh, right now it's a little tight Talk. because of the interest rates. Yeah, I think. Uh, well, I'm I'm going through the renewal on that property right now. So once we renew it, it'll probably be negative a hundred bucks or something like That's that. Still not bad. It's not bad. No. I mean, uh, the 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 tenants I got in there on the main level, I I got them probably. A year and a half ago, they've been there. So the rates were still kind of on the higher, or the rental rates were still yeah, on the higher end. Um, it's not like I'm dealing with tenants from like five, six years ago who are just getting that little increase per year. Um, so the, it's a great property. It's been it's been really good for me. I refinanced it once. I used that refinance to buy my cottage property, which we've Airbnb'd uh, quite a bit. Um, so yeah. So you're leveraging your property to grow Absolutely. your portfolio. Yeah. yeah. So maybe then, what would you get advice to people who are want to start up in investing into real estate, like sure. start with, I mean, like, like one property and then how do you take that to leverage it to another property? Yeah. I think if you're starting real estate, one of the biggest thing or starting in real estate investing, one of the biggest things is being clear on what your goals are with real estate investing. Um, because if you just want to make a quick buck, that's great. Um, don't get mad if the market turns on you and you don't make that quick buck because yeah. Real estate investing is technically a long-term thing, right? Yeah. So if um, if you try and do a flip and it doesn't work out, well, that's kind of the nature of the beast sometimes, right? Yeah. So if you're clear on what your goals are and you can buy something and hold it for a long-term and you want to reap the benefits of a long-term investment, you'll be fine. It doesn't matter if the market goes up, goes down. Just be clear on what your goals are and you know, kind of plan your exit when you want to sell the property, reinvest it, or you're going to leverage it. 
whatever your plan is with that property, you have to be clear from, I think, start to finish and, and you'll do well on it. Oh, I think that's, a, that's perfectly said because I, I come across people who want to invest, right. but they don't have their goals set. Yeah. So like, I want to buy this, but I want to sell this, but then I want to leverage this. They want to do everything in a year's time. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah, they're, they're, they're not in it for the journey. Yeah. They just think it's a get-rich-quick scheme. Yeah, and it's right. not. It's not. It's, it's you, not. you have to be patient with it. Yeah. For sure. For you to get the results at the end. You have to right? write out the ups and downs. Yeah. Yeah. I right. want to go back to just use as a team. Um, I'm guessing your personalities, how do they, um, are you, would you say different personalities? <laughs> I, like, I know, I can tell the different Who's the cold caller? Who's the door knocker? Like who's the more social butterfly in the room? Who's more like on schedule on time? Like this has to be done at this time. So the guy that's, that. the, the guy that's on schedule all the time is him. Yeah. Right. I'm the guy that does, I, I don't work off of a schedule. I cannot follow a schedule for the life of me. Um, who's the cold caller? It's him. Uh, door knocker would be me. You start door knocking now as well. Door, door knock right? a little bit, um, but I prefer the phones. Personality wise, are we the same? Not at all. We're not the same. He's, uh, he's, he's more of a driver. Right. And I am the more of an, uh, the analytical amiable person. Um, so we're the complete opposites when it comes to personality. So that's the best thing about it because yeah. we can actually, we can actually cover each other's weaknesses. That's what right? I was getting at. I think that's very important. And we can use team. each other's strengths when needed to, to grow our business. Right. Perfect. And even to learn off of each other. Okay. So that right. kind of answers what my next question would have been, which was, so why do you think you have become so successful as a team? And I guess it's cause you're different. So, yeah, and here's the other thing about being successful as well, right? People think being successful is um, it's it's something that you achieve. You don't you don't ever, in my opinion, you don't achieve success ever. It's just an ongoing process. As long as you're willing to write out the journey, as long as you're willing to enjoy the day to day, I think that's being successful. Um, not making a certain amount of GCI is going to make you successful. Okay. It's what you do every single day if you enjoy it. So him and I, we we do enjoy what we do. We love what we do. So. I think that's what makes us the, that mindset is what makes us successful. So as a team, like what challenges did you guys have at the start to so where I, you are now? Cause it always challenges. But what like, yeah. How? So, I mean, kind of going back to what Mahib said with our personality differences, there were yeah. definitely some challenges. challenges um, you know, I was trying to be, let's get in at nine o'clock and start calling. And then Mahib would roll in at nine 30 and 10 sometimes. 10 30. Like, <laughs> and I'd look over at him and be like, I got five contacts already. How about you? <laughs> he's like, he's just casually strolling in. I'm like, okay. So the personality thing, definitely there was kind of some getting used to. Um, but then like you said, it, you know, once you kind of understand who you're working with, right. And the same thing with clients and whatnot, um, you get, you then kind of change your expectations and change yeah. how you, learn you, you learn to adapt. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, and then it, things just become smooth. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that, that was definitely a major, a major thing at the beginning. But, um, I think when you, when you're talking about more of like the team, uh, you know, I think we were talking about this before kind of getting that structure of the team was a bit of a challenge, right? Like when we hired on new agents because they are new agents and this is new to us, um, you know, do we force them out to go door knock for eight hours a day yeah, yeah. and just say, you know, you're on your own kind of thing. Or do we kind of let them work free willed and, and kind of work how they want to work. So that was a challenge. Right. And um, again, it's an ongoing Learning thing to kind of figure yeah. out what's best. So, yeah. and, and that also came down to learning the agents that we're bringing on, what their personality types are, are like, what works for them. Right. Um, because everybody's different. Yeah, everyone's right? unique. They have their own style. And not everybody's like, made for a team. No, and that's true too. Like, so not everyone's going to be yeah, that's very true. phenomenal on a team. They're not. There's some people who want their, who want to do their own thing. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And that's, and that's, that's very important to them. So it depends on their personality as well. And that's like me. Like right? we talked, when I was doing my real estate course, I talked yeah. to you. Right? And I was thinking of joining a team. Yeah. My wife got pregnant. So I just did part time. That's yeah. when I realized that I need to do it on my schedule my way. Yeah. For me to be successful, right? Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, I couldn't do it. Like, there's so yeah. many ways to do this business, man, and yeah. so many ways for you to be successful. As long, doesn't matter what way you pick, as long as you're consistent with it, with your efforts and with your work, you are gonna be successful. Yeah, and consistency. Right? I think we talked about the other day yeah. is huge, right? Yeah. Like, if you're gonna door knock every day or set a certain time, door knock, make your cold calls. Yeah. 
um, social media yeah. as well. Yeah. Like, you just have to get, you have to be okay with the repetitious boredom of this business. Yeah. Like door knocking, prospecting, just doing it every single day because it does get boring. So if you say, okay, today I'm not going to do it, then you're going to feel the effect of it because that's going to turn into a ripple effect. You're not going to do it today. You're like, oh, I didn't do it yep. yesterday. I'm going to skip today too. It wasn't that bad. Yeah. Right. Then you skip the next day and it's a snowball effect. Yeah. That, that happened right? to me. Right. Beginning right. of the year. But then if yeah. you take prospecting every single day and you turn that into a habit, right? And that's a snowball effect as well. Yeah. Right? And then your business will grow. Grow, yeah. So yeah. what did you do prior to real estate? Um, like, did you, were you able to take some of what you learned in your prior uh, employment and yeah. bring that uh, to what you're doing now? I've had many jobs. Uh, I think I calculated one day, it was like almost like 18 different jobs I've had. But before real estate, I owned a pizza franchise. Okay. Right. So I sold pizzas to people. Oh, nice. Um, was I able to bring that on to real estate? Certain parts of it. Um, because uh, I brought a lot of that on to building a team because as a pizza store owner, you understand that you can't run the store on your own. Yeah. You got to have a cook. You got to have someone to do deliveries. You got to have someone to answer the phones. You got to yeah. have someone work in the front desk. Same thing as a team. You need an assistant to do one job. You need a marketing manager to do another job. Right. So there's so many other different aspects. A lot of agents treat this business as a as a single agent focused job, which it's not. In order for you to grow, in order for you to do well, you need to have other people doing what they're good at. And you go do what you're good at. You're good at meeting right. people, go meet people. Yeah. Don't mm -hmm. get bogged down with admin work. And that was my biggest thing. I was bogged down with admin work for yeah. the longest time in this business. So yeah, I know, I know people get yeah, into that. You don't like the admin work. I, I hate that. Yeah, I, I hate the admin want, work, yeah. man. Like, like you, you I don't want to do any of that. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you have to know it. Yeah. And you got to know what to look you for. You guys it. met with Sam. Right? Yeah. And you talked to him. And I remember Sam would call me be like, Mahip, your deal closed almost three months ago and your paperwork's not in yet. Yeah. You understand? Like, and that would, that's stress, the stressful for me to be bogged down on that work. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So for me, my business changed the day I got someone to do the admin work. So right now you have someone doing yeah, the yeah. admin work? Okay. I wouldn't touch it. I have no idea how to even log into those web, those, those yeah, portals. So now you can focus on what you're yeah. good at, prospecting yeah. and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. Perfect. Appointments. Yeah. Cool. I mean, it does take a lot because we were just talking about that too. Yeah. I think it's important to yeah. just focus on what you're good at and find someone else who's good at the other stuff. Oh, yeah. Sure. yeah. Cause I think as salespeople at the end of the day are the reason why we got into sales is because we love the aspect of selling and meeting people. Yeah. Right. And if you throw in paperwork, I know a lot of salespeople who hate paperwork. Yeah. They okay. don't want to do it. Yeah. Right. So why do something you don't like? Yeah, and like if you like that rush of closing a deal, meeting someone, getting a listing, like yeah. focus everything. That's on what that. you're good at. Yeah. yeah, right. And then yeah, get some outsource everything else. Like when you go to a doctor and he says you need an X-ray, he's not gonna be like, okay, come here, let me do your X-ray myself. Yeah, yeah. Right? You're gonna go to a tech to get the X-ray done. Yeah, the doctor's gonna read the report. Yeah, right. So you treat yourself as a doctor or a lawyer. You're not gonna go do the admin work. You're gonna do the sales contract related issues. Yeah, right. Okay. Servicing the client issues. Do you guys still have that rush when you close a deal or you get all the time, every man. time. That, that high every time, every yeah. time. Oh yeah. This is the best feeling. It doesn't like, leave you. Oh yeah. Cause I got that the first time I sold out, like my buyer bought a property. I called Sam and I'm like, Oh, this feels amazing. Yeah. yeah. He's like, now you're hooked. It's, oh, like, yeah. it's like a drug. Even bro, going into a listing apartment, yeah. the butterflies in your stomach. You still have, I still yeah, have, yeah, yeah. I still get happy when I close a lease, bro. I have a lease right I mean, now. I'm trying yeah, to close yeah. it. Like, I've had a lease listing and yeah, it was a little overpriced. I've had yeah. it sitting for about a month and a half, but we finally got an offer that we're going to accept on yeah. a lease. I'm like, hell yeah. Yeah. Get yeah. this lease done. So that's, yeah. that's good to know that. Yeah, and never I find that leases can be harder to close than an actual oh, sale. Oh, definitely. It's a lot more work, yeah. Man, yeah. right? Yeah. A lot more paperwork. Yeah. I mean, And then the clients, they have these their own requirements. You know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, it's still going to be their home after. So that's the home there. So the leases are harder that for that reason only because they know it's still their home sale, after that. the client's going to walk away from the house. Yeah. They yeah. no longer have any interest in that house. Right. Whereas a lease, your client still owns the house. Yeah. Or they, in some cases, still live in the house along with the tenant. Yeah. So you yeah. got to make sure you do all the due diligence that's needed to make sure that no issues ever 100%. arise. Yeah. Right. And what they think is and a the perfect payout for the lease tenant. is nothing. Yeah, no, it's nothing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, right. So you do all this <laughs> so work. You just do it as a favor. So it's either you, <laughs> either you really love what you do. Yeah, and if you don't love what you do, you're not gonna do it. Right. Yeah. Right. So I have what one, two, three, three leases right now going active. Right. I wouldn't do it if I didn't enjoy the 
the process the process of it yeah besides the paperwork and it's the relationship (laughs) too right a lot of these people who contact us for leases to help them lease their properties they're past clients you know what i mean or you want to foster the relationship so it's a future client when they buy or sell yeah so i mean there's more to it than just doing the lease and that's what that's why i will still entertain a lease lease here and there is uh because you got to think of the bigger picture around that lease is that you're still making that connection with somebody you're still helping that tenant or something you know get into it and then they buy with you later i've literally had that situation where they lease for a couple of years you found them the lease and then they end up t- they turn into a buyer they turn into a seller after the, they bought that house and bought another one right so yeah, it's absolutely. it's those long term relationships that actually just right? happened so, to me yeah so, yeah. so yeah. like my first lease i did they're downtown yeah now they're looking to buy a condo there you go. So that was wow. so like good for it, you, man. Yeah, it was just and it was just they they live in Vancouver. They just came here for a year for school. Nice. Yeah, and they want to stay here. So yeah, yeah, yeah. wow. Yeah, so yeah, it, I found it, that it, one. Work. The one the situation that I had, I found them off Kijiji. I posted oh, wow. somebody else's lease, lease, got the tenant into it. Yeah, and then they reached out to me like two years after, said they want to buy. First time buyers, they moved up, upsizers, sold their first house, and then they bought another house. So. Yeah, I think And I think cool. we will say too is more about relationship building, right? Hundred percent. Like Always. you gotta keep that relationship, but you gotta nurture it. Like when you guys talk to prospect clients or anything like that, like how do you present yourself? What do you mean? Like in terms of like if you're talking to like a buyer or a yeah. seller, yeah. Like are you upfront with everything with them? Hundred percent. Right? You're not like so there's some people out there who are like tell you what you want to hear, right? Right, right, right. No. See, that's, that's when you not me. Definitely not. You shoot yourself in the foot if you tell them what they want to hear. Because then you have a listing that is going to be way overpriced because yeah. the seller is going to want $2 million for a million dollar home. Right. right. right? Yeah. You're going to have a listing that's never going to sell. You're never going to service that client. And they're never going to want to work with you again. Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah. Right? So you got to tell them exactly what they need to hear. Need to know. And if you're, in, if you're in a listing appointment and they tell you, listen, another, we talk, spoke to another agent yeah, and they said, for example, my house is worth 1.5, right. but the market is actually saying, okay, it's worth 1.1. Yeah. I'll right. tell them, uh, call me in three months when it doesn't sell. Yeah. 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 Straight up. Yeah. Cause yeah. Or they I'll can go them, ahead and list. I'll ask them if you see your comparable selling at 1.1 and that agent's telling you it's worth 1.5. Why do you think they're telling you 1.5? Let's just think out loud. What is the logical reason for them to tell you $400,000 more for your home yeah. than yeah. what the market is paying yeah. for your home? Yeah. Literally last week, something sold, right? So if, yeah. yeah. So it's, they'll come to an understanding on their own that it's- Sometimes. Is there it are, trying to buy your there, listing? There or? are some delusional sellers who yeah, will come. say, you know, everyone thinks their house is worth a little bit more than yeah, what no. it's actually worth. Yeah. But then you get those ones who are, oh, I upgraded the kitchen. That should be $200,000 worth yeah. more than the neighbor's house. Or I right? just freshly painted the house. I just freshly painted yeah. the house. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be worth more. It or should I've, be worth more. So, yeah. I mean, with those ones, you're never going to win, right? I yeah. mean, you can, you can yeah. show them the data. You can show them how we're going to be able to sell it for that price. But if they don't, if they don't believe you, they don't believe you. I mean, their head is stuck in, in their own thought, right? Um, yeah, yeah, and and, then, I, and those are the cases where if an agent comes in and says, you know, we'll sell it for that price that you want, and they don't sell it, well, then you know, generally the house is going to come off the market anyways, and maybe you'll get that call, you know, a few months down the road. Yeah, maybe so, you'll just accidentally show up at that door. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Expired. I've, try, yeah. I, I've, try, I've tried that <laughs> just by accident, yeah. not on purpose, yeah. not yeah. intentional. No, you just end up at yeah, that house after knocking. knocking, right? Yeah, after. Four houses before and four houses after. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, do you so still recall go. your first ever uh, transaction? Yeah. Yeah? What was yeah. that? Uh, my first ever transaction was uh, a friend of my family, somebody, a friend of my family members. And I remember uh, selling their house and I actually got paid nothing on that deal. Um uh, and literally, they made me sit down and open up a laptop and open up a spreadsheet, made me write down my expenses, made me write down oh, what wow. I was charging. Wow. <laughs> is that working with, that's what, what it's like to work with family? That was that's my very tough. first deal. And um, this guy's like, I hate real estate now. <laughs> I looked at it and I was like, what the fuck? What is this business? I yeah. didn't make anything. Yeah. Right. And they ended up guy. buying with, buying with a, another listing agent. Uh, and um, it just, that was my very first deal. But then I luckily uh, had somebody who told me what you should be doing is door knocking and getting people just outside of your family. Yeah. Right. Uh, then 
you focus on how to do your business and what to say to the client. You got to know what to say to your yeah, client absolutely. when you're sitting down with them. I don't sit down with somebody with a laptop and go over what I make. Yeah. It's yeah. none of their business. Good point. Good point. Right? Andrew, do you, you remember your first deal? I cannot remember no. my first deal. <laughs> He's not that many. <laughs> that many. Yeah. I feel like it, it might be my grand aunt, yeah. but it also might be that property that I bought. But I think that was the first transaction one? I've done yeah. was me purchasing. Purchasing. Oh, okay. Um, nice. I'm pretty sure. But it might be my grand aunt. I don't know. Yeah. Nice. Anyways. I feel like in a lot of cases, <laughs> it usually turns out being family or friends. Or friends, the yeah. First deal, sure. Right? Yeah. Or, or yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's yeah. why it's kind of resonating in my head that it was probably her. Yeah. Um, but it might not have been. <laughs> it was a long time ago. 10 years. Yeah, ago. 10 years. So, What's yeah. your take or what kind of advice, if there's any to give to those newer agents that feel like they have to negotiate commission because I've been to listing appointments where, you know, the, you know, you know, possible client is like, well, you know, I, I want to do it for however much. Right. And Mm -hmm. you know, the other agent before said that he can do it for this amount. Like, right. You know, can you lower your commission? So, Okay, so commission, first of all, is an objection in the absence of value, right? Mm-hmm. If you're not bringing enough value, they are going to question what they're paying you, 100%, right? Now, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I will not negotiate my commission with somebody in a certain situation. Depends on a situation, right? right. If someone's going through a really tough time, right, I'm not going to sit there and be like, you know what, I can't do anything for you, Yeah. okay? It's, it's like we just said, it's about building a relationship, okay. right? I'm not going to do it for free. I don't work for free. I'm not a charity. Right. There are expenses that need to yep. be taken care of. Yeah. Uh, but I firmly believe if you are cutting your commission because the seller's asking you to is because they did not see any value in what you brought to the table. Yeah. Right. Most of the agents bring no value to the table. Right. Yeah. They have no systems in place to make sure the seller can get the most amount of money. Yeah. Right. This is the reason why we're able to sell our homes above the market average of what Trevor agents are selling at. Okay. Right. And when you bring that value, it's pretty much they're hiring us for free. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't believe in lowering the commission. Yeah. What we do is very time consuming. It's a lot of work that we put into our. Yeah. And there's a lot of, there's a, there's a lot of money that you do fork up up front. Oh, for sure. Right. Like if you guys, you guys stage houses too. Right. So like that comes out of your commission and then there's marketing and then there's photography. Yeah. Brokerage and nothing. You as an agent have to believe that you are the best damn agent for this job and nobody else can beat you at this job for that seller. Yeah. doesn't matter who walked in before you or after you, it does not mean anything. If you're walking in and you believe firmly that you are the person who's going to get the most amount of money, you just brought a lot of value because you have that faith in your own ability. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. do you guys stage for all your clients too? Every single one. Every single one? Yeah. 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 And yeah. then you see like before, like you see staging properties going more quicker. Bro, we had our than- own property stage when we sold it. Yeah. Right. So we see value in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Otherwise we wouldn't have spent money on our own listing that we owned ourselves yeah. to stage it. Yeah. Right? right. There is definitely value in it. Yeah, absolutely. Tons of value. Right. Uh, so newer agents um, trying to build their database, what's some advice that you could give to uh, a newer agent or someone even that's just been in it a couple of years and they're trying to meet more people, like get their name out there? I'd probably just say create create goals for yourself, yeah. right? Um, create a structure for yourself, create a schedule for yourself, whether it be I'm going to knock from nine to 12 and get five emails out of that, that time, and then put that into my database. Um, whatever your system that you're creating is create it and then stay consistent with it. Right. Um, hit the doors, hit the phones, whatever it is, you need to have conversations with people and you need to continuously do it. You can't just talk to, you know, I had a wicked week. I got 10 emails and then the next week you're, you know, back to your regular schedule where yeah. you're kind of just freelancing it and going to the gym at 10 a.m. and noon or whatever it is, yeah. having coffee at Starbucks and doing nothing. So I think it, I think it's 
Um, the conversations are obviously number one. Is so they're doing nothing. They're not having coffee at Starbucks. They can't afford it. Yeah. Fair. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, yeah, that's true as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Starbucks is expensive too. Uh, it is. They're yeah. probably not having any coffee. You're right. right. Coffee's, Coffee's for closers. That's a good one. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, definitely for new agents. And, and that's a huge thing that we bring when people come onto our team, it's it's having the conversations, whether it's door knocking, whether it's cold calling, you're not, the expectation of just having people call you as a new agent, it, it's, it's, it's a false reality. It doesn't really. happen. It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. You know, when they call you is when you have an actual name in the community, yeah. when you're a presence, right? And you've built up your brand. That's when people call you. But if you haven't put in the work in to get your name out there, which is through the door knocking, through whatever it is, community events, cold calling, um, no one's going to know you. No one's going to call you, right? So um, be structured and just, you know, get out there and, and do the grunt work that, you know, people stitch straight away from. Yeah. yeah. So when you guys door knock or cold call, like how do you open the conversation with somebody? Like if you're door knocking a house. You're asking for trade secrets, bro. Yes, I am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay we'll, we'll do that off air. You won't do that off air. It's all good. good. It's all good. It's all good, bro. Um, how do you open the conversation at the door? Uh, I used to be very scripted at the door and uh, I'm in coaching by uh, Mike Ferry. So I followed his scripts to the, yeah. to the T and I've used that at the door. Uh, once you, once you become very comfortable with door knocking, you can open up the conversation any which way you want. Right. So Mike Ferry says, you knock on the door. Hey, it's Mahi from Remax. We just sold the house down the street, blah, 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 blah. So listed with this many bedrooms, sold for this much. And usually when one house sells, three more sell right away. Are you guys thinking of selling, right? Uh, to me, I don't say that anymore because everybody it's else is saying it yeah. as well, right? So uh, you just open the conversation whichever way you want. I remember saying, hey, listen, knock on the door. Uh, Remax just put me into this neighborhood to, uh, to do business and uh, I'm assigned to this neighborhood. So I wanted to come and introduce myself. Figure a way out. Yeah. Right. Figure out a figure out a way to have that conversation show up at that door. And yeah. when you, it's not that hard. I think we analyze things too much. Me being an, an analytical, yeah. I analyze things way too much, yeah. and you overthink it. Don't overthink it. Just go and do it. Everybody who's successful, they don't think. They shut their brain off. Right. They just go and do. They just do it. Right. Yeah. They just go and do it. I think what's important though is is when you are going out and having these conversations is you need to know what your end goal for that conversation is. And yeah. usually it's yeah, either get a timeline for when they want to sell or get their contact information. Yeah. So it's great knocking on someone's door and being, Hey, my name's Andrew. I'm with Remax. I work here, yada, yada, yada. Um, but being able to then go back to what he said with the scripting is, you know, what's your timeline of selling? Where do you guys want to move to? Maybe it's two, three, four, five years. Okay. Do you mind if we keep in contact? What's your email? Now you're getting the contact information, you know, you put them on a mailer or you just do follow-ups with them every, you know, six months or something. And then hopefully when the time comes, they remember you because you've been following up with them, right? Be so very intentional. Yeah. You have to be intentional. Yeah. yeah. You, you go in with, 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 you know, a goal of what you're having with that conversation yeah. and not just knocking doors. Yeah. And I guess you're just not knocking uh, that neighborhood one time, right? It's something that you do Correct. again, Correct. maybe the next season yep. or a few months uh, down the it road. It goes back to consistency. Yeah. Right. Consistently hitting. It's that a numbers game, up. man. Yeah. You can you can door knock any area you want. Yeah. Right. Any doors you want, as many times or as few time at that door as you want. It's a numbers game. You are gonna find people who are interested in selling. Yeah. For sure. And then the 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 secret sauce is are you following up with them? Yeah. That's right? huge. Like I found found a seller. Am I how am I gonna service that seller to actually get them to list their home with me? Yeah. Right. So the fortunes in the follow up. Fortunes in the follow up. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because I've knocked the neighborhood uh, a few times because um, I've only been in this for about a year now. Yep. And I missed uh, there was one month when I was supposed to go back out uh, to the same neighborhood that I'm farming and I didn't do it. I missed it. Then I went back like the month after and there was a for sale sign there. Right. And I knocked and I, I asked, you know, I just want to talk to the person because I met them a couple of times. Like, hey, how's it going? I see the uh, for sale sign. Yeah. Just, you know, casual conversation because yeah. they introduced themselves before I got the name, stuff like that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I just want to what their plan was after. I knew they were dealing with a real estate agent, so I wasn't trying to like sell myself or anything. Just, you know, and um, it's honestly, it's because I missed going there 
that month and someone else did it. Right. Someone else, they're like, you know what? Like, we were waiting for you to come back, actually. Wow. Yeah. And well, that sucks. we didn't see you. And another yeah. guy, like, knocked <laughs> no, on my door. Sucks, and we're like, yeah. hey, well, we're actually thinking <laughs> about hurt. moving now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Those ones hurt. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, you know what? But it, So, in 2018, I used to use that thing called Mojo Dollar. To yeah, call. I, know, I remember that. And I, um, I reactivated it again. I think it was late last year. Yeah. Right? And the same old leads were in there. And I'm like, let's just see the leads that I had. What yeah. have they done? I had 80 leads in there. 20 of them had bought and sold. Sorry, sold in the last eight months. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I sent him a message. I'm like, 20 times average commission. Yeah. Gone. A lot of money lost, right? right? Not so a... the fortune is definitely in the follow-up. In your case, you've got to be out there if you're knocking the same yeah, neighborhood. Yeah, someone else is again. doing it, right? Or maybe, maybe also start getting their contact information. So if you miss... Yeah. The door knocking part of it, you can at least call them or you can email them. You yeah. can be in touch somehow. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Right. Um, event. So I did an event um, back in October. It was for Halloween. Was, nice. Um, it was in cool. Maple. Uh, we were handing out like a bunch of candy. I was doing uh, prizes, stuff like yeah. that. Like a pretty good turnout. Like yeah. uh, a lot of kids, um, families, stuff like that. But... I got like nothing from that event. And I remember getting so feeling so deflated after that because I got a couple contacts, like I got some few contacts, whoever enrolled for the contest and the giveaway. Right. Mm -hmm. And then people started unsubscribing after. So like, I felt like that was like, so people, people deflating as a newer agent. I was like, Oh, I was expecting something to come from this event. Nothing did, but it's about being consistent. I guess you can't just keep on going. Keep on on going too. Here's my, here's my, um, thoughts on doing events. Yeah. If you have done business in that neighborhood, do an event. Yeah. If you have done no business in that neighborhood, you have no business doing an event in there. Okay. Because people don't know you. Yeah. It was brand new. And an event for me is to give back to the community. That's right? a good way to put it. So yeah. what am I going to give back if I haven't done any business there? Yeah. So that's, that's the conversation I had too. At the end of the day, you're hoping to just do something good yeah. for the community, right? Right. Yeah. Like, yeah, you can't I, have I the have, expectation of getting something. I have something two children of my it. own. So handing yeah. out candies was like yeah. fun for me. Like yeah, I yeah, was like giving like away so much candy at the end. I was like, just take it, take it. Right. Yeah. But so it's like a good feeling, but at the end, you're still hoping to get a little bit of like, uh, you build your database up a little bit, right? Sure. But, but yeah, it's uh, how often do you use, do events, I guess, is what my next question would be. Uh, we do a- events uh, yearly, man. Uh, we do quarterly. our Halloween event. Uh, quarterly events, yeah. We do our quarterly Halloween events. event. Uh, we have another event coming up uh, that's, uh, that hasn't been, um, has been made public knowledge yet. It will be soon. Yeah, big it's event gonna, in It's going to be a big event this summer. Um, and that's going to cover all of Durham. And then we just did our fundraiser for Feed the Need. Yeah, I yeah. saw that you guys yeah. raised some money. Yeah, that, yeah. we raised yeah. five thousand yeah. for you know people in need for um, yeah food instability and stuff like that. So, so going back to the events, though, it's you have to be. I mean, for you to do an event, you I, my first priority if I was a brand new agent would be to <coughs> actually build up business in a neighborhood. Yeah, before I go throw an event because people are gonna recognize you based on your business. Yeah, just because you did an event. That's one event that you've done. And if they haven't seen your for sale signs, they're they haven't seen you, they're not going to remember you. Yeah. Right. It's the rule of seven. They got to see you seven times for someone to remember you. Yeah. Right. So if they saw you at an event and they never saw you again. And like, like you said, at the end of the day, the intention should be to give back to the community yeah. and go with that mindset. Yeah. And it's, don't a, expect anything in return from and an it's, event. And it's a, and it's a good, a good event. I guess. Yeah. A good right. turnout. Right. Yeah. Yep. Okay, per. So I'm going to jump into marketing if you don't mind. Sure. So I see you guys' faces all over Durham on the back of buses <laughs> <laughs> and then on bus stops. Like, and then you have social media. Right. Like how much, if, is there a way you can tell, like I get business from people calling me from ads on social media compared to like bus stops or back of buses? Yeah. So, I mean, at this point in my career, I feel like I get kind of incoming from all angles, yeah. right? Um, we always ask them, where are you calling from or where where'd you get my number from? I always do because I like to track that type of thing. Um, so I think going to the social media thing, um, the nice thing about social media is it gives you presence online to people who are in your extended network, who maybe you haven't 
talked to or seen since, you know, high school, college, yeah. whatever it was, right? But now they see you active on social media. They see that, you know, you're selling houses on social media. Um, and then it gives them a platform to reach out to you because they don't have your cell phone number because it's been so long or whatever it may be. So I get probably a handful of, you know, people who I've worked with or, you know, either old colleagues or, you know, old classmates, they reach out on social media and then it turns into business. I probably get, you know, five to 10 deals per year just from that. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Um, the other side of the business is obviously, you know, repeat and referral business. Um, and then, um, and then our, our other marketing initiatives. So whether it be the buses, um, you know, a couple calls per year off of the buses directly. Um, we've only been running the buses for about a year now. Yeah. And, um, yeah, this is our second year now. Yeah. yeah. But we never, we never put the buses out with an expectation that people are going to call off the buses. We, we just kind of put it out there. Like, let's we actually get just our, wanted to see our faces back. We like looking at ourselves. We like looking at ourselves. Yeah, we do. I'm kidding. No, no, it was obviously to expand the brand yeah, yeah, right? to, to, yeah. to get, the, the bold name okay. across Durham. Um, and, uh, you know, I go into, I go into a lot of presentations, seller consults where they said, you know, we get your postcards, we see you on the bus, you're everywhere. And that's why I called you. Right. And that's the idea of it yeah. is you want to be here. You want to hit them in all these different angles. Eagles, yeah. Right. You want to be top of mind. You got to be top right? of mind. That's, that's so if someone thinks real is. estate, they right. think of you. Yeah. So, I mean, we, we, Again, we we didn't get the buses or anything to to get calls off them, but it's just to get that brand awareness, right? Yeah, that yeah. recognition out there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So being so. top of mind, I guess, like as a newer agent, I'm understanding that more and more now, yeah. right? It's the follow ups and yeah. the consistency with yep. the the phone calls, uh, emails, the seasons greetings, hundred percent. So yeah. yeah, I never realized how important that was before. Uh, the goal as a, as an agent is to be right in front of a seller when they're thinking of selling. Yeah. That's it. That's the goal. So how do you make that goal happen? Yeah. As easily as possible. Right. Yeah. So marketing, door knocking, cold calling, you got to do everything. Yeah. Right. You got to be in front of people the moment they are thinking of selling. Okay, so you both were agents like separately uh, worked mm -hmm. on your own before joining a team. I guess you would say now as a team, you're able to put more money into marketing and like, you know, more postage and signage, all of that, right? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And that's one of the benefits, I guess. I one think of the even if we weren't a team, we would have still done it. But yeah. as a team, it just makes it easier. It does make it right? easier. Because right. we're able to bounce different ideas off of each other. Right? Okay, um, both him and I have the mindset of growth. We've never held back on saying, okay, we'll give everything a try. Doesn't matter what avenue it is. Yeah. So as a team, it's just beneficial because of course the expenses, you can put more money into every avenue. Yeah. It was, right. it was funny when, when we got the, the buses running. <laughs> <laughs> that story, the story here. This, <laughs> this guy just literally came to me and he said, I walked <laughs> you want to do buses? I was like, uh, I don't know. I don't know about buses. I don't know. I How much in, is it? I walked in a week later, said I signed a contract. Uh, we're going to do buses. He's like, okay, how much is it? I'm like, don't worry about it. Just say yes. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, and then I got the bill. I was like, holy shit. I'm like, how many buses do we have? He's like, six. I'm like, six? I said one bus. I was okay with one bus. And you, now we got six? I'm like, whatever, run it. Better yeah. <laughs> deal, the more buses you take on, I'm guessing, right? It's the same thing. But here's the thing. My goal was, I'm like, okay, how am I going to get this guy to say yes? Because it was a big it was a big number. It wasn't yeah. a small number. And even when I told him, I didn't tell him the full number when I told him. It was a bigger number than that. But I'm like, he'll figure it out. Once he says yes, I'm like, he'll figure it out once he gets the bill. No problem. I think, I think yeah. what you did was you're like, yeah, this is the cost. I showed and him I the, thought I it was the him, cost. That, that I was showed, the split cost. I showed him the bi-weekly. He's like, no, 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 that's your bill. I, was like, oh. I showed him the bi-weekly okay. cost initially. I didn't tell him the monthly or the yearly cost. Yeah. He's like, okay, fine. And plus I got him when he was preparing a listing appointment. Yeah, That's yeah. when I got him. We'll I walked just, into the office. Distracted. I'm like, well, this is what's up. This is what's up. And, sabotage me. And, then I, and then I said, he I'm like, knew. there's another guy who's doing it uh, out west somewhere. And I'm um, like, he has like 30 buses. I'm like, I'm like, if we don't do anything close to that, I'm like, we're going to look like wusses. Yeah. Like we can't do half-ass this, right? So here we are on buses. Lo and behold. Yeah. How uh, did you come up with the name? Did we mention this already? No. no. What name? Bold, I th yeah. Who came up with How that? How did you come up with that name? 
Honestly, I think we were just spitballing ideas. I know the one thing that we did not want to do was put it after one of our last names because we said we want to brand this as a real business, right? Not as like, you know, so we always think about, I mean, when we sat down, we said, okay, what's our goal with this at the end of it? And it would be, you know, when we're tired of selling real estate, how can we sell our real estate business, right? And we thought, are we going to sell Palillo real estate or Mahip and Palillo real estate? No one's going to buy that, right? Yeah. So we said, what the can brand we, would die with, with, with the name, yeah. with right? The with the name. So we said, okay, what are, you know, a few, let, let's just randomly spitball words that kind of represent what we do. This was an acronym actually. And I forgot what it stands for. Oh, was it an acronym? <laughs> yeah, it was an acronym. You're right. <laughs> we, 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 that's uh, it was an acronym. right. We took like four, a four bunch words. of words that we were like, together. that describe us. Yeah. And then we put it together and then it yeah. created bold, but now we don't know the yeah. acronym. Yeah. I know the D was like diversity or something. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember the rest of it. Because he's Indian yeah. and I'm white. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the diversity. The diversity. Where do you guys see like the market going right now? Because it was a buyer's market earlier. Do you see it turning more into a seller's market in 2023? I think it's already uh, flipped over to a seller's market. Yeah. Um, Seems that way. I'm not, I'm not 100% sure like yeah. inventory wise if it is technically yeah. a seller's market. But I mean, the last four properties that I've shown all had, you know, double digit offers on them on offer night. 15, yeah. 20. I saw one with 49 offers in Durham recently. It's crazy. So if that doesn't, tell you it's a seller's market. Yeah, so I don't it's know. moving towards. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, I, I think that's kind of the landscape for the rest of the year because what's going to flip the script? It's it's inventory. We need more inventory, right? And, um, you know, are, yeah. are a bunch of sellers just going to put their house on the market to fix that problem? Probably no. not. I think most homeowners are not going to put their homes on the market because what they don't want is to get the new interest rate if they're right. locked yeah. into a lower rate. So mentally they're like, why would I sell and Upsize or downsize because my payments are going to go up. Yep. Right. So that's what's holding off. I had a lady at the door tell me that literally yesterday. And and as the rates come down, I think you would then have more inventory coming in. Right now where we're at, I think it's going to remain a very, um, very sellers, very high sellers market because there's no inventory. Yeah. Yeah. There's very, there's very low inventory. Yeah. I've seen really ugly houses sell with 20 offers. So I I had a house we had in Scarborough, we had open house. We had over 30 people groups come in for open for yeah for the open house we had over 40 showings yeah but i had to call every single agent just to get an offer Mm. really this was two and a half weeks ago really yeah Yeah, at least you called them at least you called them them. it got got sold right good for you we had we ended up getting multiple but like have you guys experienced anything like that where you had like high showings but then when it comes down definitely yeah. yeah 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 i think i think there are still a lot of window shoppers out there. Yeah. Um, a lot we of had two listings that didn't get any offer on for night on the same day. And yeah, the next the, day they all sold over asking. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's funny that way where I think there are definitely some buyers who have a mentality when they see a list price, their expectation is this is going to go way over what I want to pay for it. So they just don't even offer on it. You know, that's true because you know they look at different products and stuff like that. So. Because after we sold that house, actually, the next day, just reminded me, the next day I had three agents call me. Oh, yeah. Right. And be like, did you sell it? Yeah. And then I'm like, yeah. And then one person, like, we could have offered more. And I'm like. See, honestly, know? like, no offense. I think those are the loser agents. Yeah. Right. If you couldn't motivate your client to put an offer in on offer night and you're calling the day after. Yeah. Come on. That means your client is interested. But, right. And now you lost out because either you gave bad advice or you bought into your client's story. Yeah. I tell all clients, like, if you want to make an offer, just put an offer. What's just the harm? Just put an offer. What's the harm? Yeah. Like, you never, like, I've seen places go below asking and above, yeah. but, yeah. like, maybe not by that much, right? Like, if it, you it, like the house enough that it would piss you off that you lost it, make an offer. Yeah. 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 No, I agree with that, too. Yeah. Going with what you're comfortable with. Yeah. yeah. Set your kind of max for that house. Yeah. And then see what happens. Do you right. ever, um, sorry to interrupt you. Uh, no. Do you ever have like open houses where the owner kind of wants to like stick around during that no. open house? No. No. What do you, what do you, have you ever had them ask? No. I did recently. <laughs> yeah. Did she actually said, she said, originally she said, I don't want to do an open house because I don't want my neighbors in my house. Yeah. I said, 
okay, I understand where you're coming from. You know, it's personal, but there are generally nosy neighbors are part of the mix, right? Yeah. Ideally, you want as many eyes as you can on the on your property. So that's why we really push doing open houses even to this day. Maybe it's a small percentage of homes that actually sell through open houses, but you still want to cater to that small percent, right? So she said, okay, I understand that. Can I park on the street and monitor who oh, comes wow. in. No. <laughs> I just you know, I do whatever you want. <laughs> I said I said it's your house. You can really do whatever you want. Yeah. I've yeah. never had that happen before, but um so. I've never had anybody ask they want to stick around. No, I've had uh that we spoke about Oh, he has leases. a story about lease, yeah. No, I've had so many stories even since last time we spoke about it leases and I'd be showing a lease, let's say, right? Yeah. And, you know, we make our way down to the basement after looking at the upstairs and downstairs. I didn't see any car in the driveway and then get around the corner and there's, you know, a, a couple watching TV laying on the couch in the their, P, their PJs already. It's like seven thirty, eight o'clock at night, just yeah. just chilling down there. And we're like, oh, you, like, so, had that so, happen. sorry to I've interrupt had, you, yeah. but like, I didn't think anyone was going to be here during the showing, right? Yeah. yeah. How did they take it? The Sorry, that was during there. leases, you said? That was, during, leases? That was during a lease. That could yeah. be a tenant who's at home. Yeah. Tenants yeah, usually won't sure. leave home. Yeah, yeah they, no, tenants they really don't care. They don't care. Right. They'll leave the place a mess, turned upside yeah, down. Yeah. It doesn't affect them at all. Yeah. I've actually had owners do this quite a bit often really? too. Yeah, where they've mm. followed us around the home, like room to room and literally just been in there. And they're like, oh, just help yourself. And just then what happened? Did your client ever put an offer in for that property? Uh, no, 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 right. No. So this is this is it, this needs to go back to the sellers as feedback. Yeah, right. Maybe they weren't given that feedback by their agent. Yeah, it does turn the potential yeah. client off a little sure. bit, right? They 100%. don't feel comfortable. They can't yeah. speak freely about what they don't like or do like about the home. Yeah, yeah. And you go yeah. in and inside, in and out of the home very quick. Yeah, I find if oh, yeah. there's someone in there, yeah, like I've had people just walk to the front door. They don't like the the vibe from whoever the tenants are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then they turn around, they walk out. Or even though yeah. if yeah. they're if your buyers walking through the house with you, right, and the sellers at yeah. home, they're not gonna want to stick around. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think that's on the listing agent. They should advise their client, unless of course the client is physically incapable right. of leaving. Yeah. That's a different story. Right. I get it. Yeah, senior 100%. citizens or they're yeah, there's not some capable of leaving. I get it. Yeah. Or they have a little sense. baby. I get it. Yeah, yeah. No, right? in most cases situation. that's not the case. Yeah, yeah, you should you should get the the sellers to be outside of the house. Yeah, yeah. and then most will understand that. Yeah, too, yeah right? if possible. Yeah. Like you said, there might be certain situations. Yeah. Okay, most should understand that. Yeah, there's one yeah. thing I want to, Brendan. <clears throat> you had a showing. He had a showing. I don't know if you ever experienced this, where when he walked to the front door, the listing agent was there mm -hmm. and requested all their phones to go into a basket. Okay. Yeah, before Why? going, they didn't want like photos, videos taken out of the home. Was it like they, a high end listing? It was a lease. Yeah, it was <laughs> interesting. Yeah, yeah. and um, problem tenants. That's the listing weird. agent was at the house for a lease. Uh, the listing agent was at the door, and so was the yeah. owners. They wanted to meet uh, everyone as they were coming in. So what they did <laughs> is they actually like triple booked it in this situation, not even double booked. There was already a couple families in the home. Wow. Um, and one of the owners was in the house, you know, like walking around uh, with people. And then the listing agent was asking me questions. Um, then uh, one of the owners, she was at, trying to ask my clients questions. And I was like, hold on a second. Like, what's happening? I booked this to show my clients. I didn't think there was going to be an interview an interview happening right. here where even I'm getting interviewed and you're asking me to leave our phones here. I'm like, no, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. And, you know, on top of that, like, you know, there's other people in the house, right? So sure. I'm like, why are you triple booking it? Right. And then now you're trying to qualify my clients outside before we even look at your house. Mm. Like, you want to rent your place or what? Yeah. Have a good day. See you later. Yeah. yeah. So literally, that's what it was like. Yeah. And Different story if they told you that was the situation walking into it. Yeah. If but they give you a heads up, to catch you story, off yeah. guard like that, that's, yeah. Yeah. yeah you have experienced a lot of weird thing with leases. Yeah. 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 It happens. Yeah. yeah. It happens. I haven't experienced you know? that. I haven't experienced anything like that, but. Not like that. Yeah. No. I showed him like, I I think I would. I yeah. He said, you or something. He like a mouse in the house in the trap. Yeah, all kinds of things like, like we've seen that disasters. Yeah, yeah. One we looked at a property for ourselves, remember? Yeah, and we saw. Yeah, yeah, we've seen mice in a trap. One yeah. of my recent listings, I'm not going to tell the address to anybody. Yeah, had multiple traps with, and there was a mouse there. 
And right. my cleaner was there. I said, hey, you mind picking that up? <laughs> she said, no problem. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, right. I mean, it happens, right? Yeah, it happens. I've been in homes where like the ensuite uh, was missing the toilet. Like, I don't right. know. Maybe they want to take the toilet with Dude, them. Dude, where are you showing houses? Yeah. This yeah. was in Vaughn. Really? This was That's in Vaughn. Of all places? I was going to say. I was like, <laughs> like we walked in on my clients. And we're like, wait a minute. Like, there's no like toilet. Like, they're just like plumbing like the sink was like out of the wall sounds like it's a I'm war like, zone but like the <laughs> listing agent like what are you doing in this situation yeah. like figure this out like at least explain to people like ensuite bathroom incomplete or right. like it's missing something right don't say yeah. like don't say like full bath like <laughs> when the I don't bath know. Is missing. <laughs> like the put, sink put a note somewhere the right sink, like, the sink yeah. is not even like Fucked against up. the wall it's in the middle of the ensuite uh, en and you know on top of that there's no toilet so one of my very first showings in this business was uh, in Mississauga. And I remember walking into the house. It was late at night. It was uh, dark. And it was, uh, my client was with me and we walked into the house and dark. It's all, there's no lights on or nothing. And I stepped onto the floor after I opened the door and it looked like the floor was shifty. Oh, wow. Right? So I told my turn around, I'm like, don't come in. Right. And I t- had myself phone back in the day. had those old Motorola razors and they didn't have a flashlight on them. So I opened the phone up to look around Yeah, and I came out of the house. Um, I called the listing agent and saying, this is what's going on in this house. He goes, well, I haven't seen this house yet. It ended up being, it was used as a grow up by the previous tenant. Oh. And the agent listed the house while looking at the property and wow. the floor was actually oh, wow. just hanging and any minute could have collapsed. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. So you got lucky too there. I got lucky. Yeah. yeah. Lawsuit yeah. waiting wow. to happen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. So that's that was weird. the only weird showing I've ever had. I've not had any really weird sh- weird showings. Um, I've just had families inside the house. Like I've walked in and it's like I've had that. The yeah. dining room has like three beds, just kids sleeping on them. Yeah, right, right. yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. But nothing like you know. It's funny. I don't see a lot of that in the east end of the city. I see a lot of that in the west end. Hmm. A lot yeah. of people staying home. Yeah, yeah, so come to yeah. my area and you see more. Yeah. <laughs> downtown, I don't know what that is. <laughs> yeah, downtown, I see a lot of people also staying home in the condos. In the condos, yeah. Right. yeah. Especially in the wintertime. Like in February when I was looking down, like every showing I did, the owner or the tenant was there. I don't know. I don't, uh-huh. I don't have that many buyers that I work with, so I, I don't have that experience. Yeah. Most of my business is listings. So with your listings, um, when your client won't budge off of what they think their home is worth, Right. How do you necessarily approach that? I think you might have touched on that earlier, right. but do you kind of, at the end of the day, we ha- we're, we're well, hired by them, right? Well, so- as, at the end of the day, the everybody involved in a transaction needs to understand that your home is worth what the bar is willing to pay for it, right? Like I can have this cell phone and I can say it's worth 10,000 bucks. Yeah. But if you're not and you're not and you're not willing to pay 10,000 bucks for it, it's not worth that, right? Absolutely. That's just made up in my head. It's worth what the market is going to pay you for it. So if the market is saying that your home is worth this, but your expectations up here, then we need to figure out why your expectations up here. Why aren't you realistic? Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Good point. No, I walked away from a listing because of that. It was off by 300,000. Yeah. And I'm not, I was not going to sit there and spend money on marketing and staging. I'm starting out. Right. Knowing that it's not going to sell at that. Right. Anywhere close. Why were they selling though? They just wanted to cash out. Right. Why? They they're not they were not even like they had no reason. They just saw the market was hot. Ah, gotcha. And they and they wanted that. And this was So it would be good to have. It'd be good to have. This was just when the market started dipping a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's right. like last April, May. Yeah. And I'm like, it's not worth this. No. But they didn't want to listen. So they did go with someone else. Right. And it's they haven't sold it. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, I think there's there's there are ways to safeguard it. I mean, obviously, at the very beginning, you want to make sure they understand why you're valuing the home at what you're valuing yeah. the home at. If they're still not on board with that, I mean, you could set up the listing with price reduction. So they sign multiple listing agreements, you know, 30 days after each other where they drop the price every 30 days. You know, we've done that in the past. Um, but yeah, like we said before, I mean, if they're not on board, sometimes it's better to just walk away from it because, I mean, we're the ones who have the information on, yeah. you know, the market. Um, sometimes you got to cut your losses. Yeah. yeah. And also going back to the same example, right? Like it's your, as if you were a doctor, right? And I came to you and I said, listen, I got a stomach ache, right? And uh, you said, okay, I need you to go do an x-ray. 
to, for me to find out why you have a stomach ache, right? And I said, no, 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 just give me Tylenol or just give me Tylenol 3, whatever prescription medication it is. But you're like, I don't know what the problem is, bro. I don't know if I can, uh, you could have anything else happening in your stomach. I don't know what it is. I need to see, look inside. But I said, no, 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 give me this. Would a doctor prescribe a medication because a patient asked for it? No, no. they won't. No. If they did, they'd be in deep shit. Yeah, yeah, right. right? So as a realtor, it appalls me sometimes. Like, why are we taking listings that are way overpriced? Yeah. Right? Or why is your client not taking an offer that is at market value right now? Yeah. It's either A, you haven't pre-qualified your client. You don't know what their motivation is, right? Um, you get the answer to their motivation and their reason for moving. Yeah. That's only you take, when you take a listing. Yeah, good point. We had a, I had a listing last a long time last year when the market dipped. Right. Right. And the reason why that list, I knew they were motivated to sell. They knew they were motivated to sell. They knew the price they were expecting they weren't going to get. The reason why they weren't accepting the offers is because the, where they needed to move to, those prices hadn't shifted yet. Oh. So when that neighborhood's prices got impacted, they accepted, accepted an offer that they yeah. got at that time. Mm-hmm. Right. But you, so not every overpriced listing is bad, but you got to understand why you have that listing to begin with. Is the seller realistic enough? Right. And motivated. So thank you guys very much for coming. Thanks um, for having us, man. Yeah, no, it's yeah. a pleasure. We'll have you back again. Yeah. Maybe we'll get some of your, t- your mem- team members to come on as well. Sure. Yeah. yeah you guys are doing great. a good job though. Oh yeah. Like, I've watched thank your, you. I watched your videos. I watched your podcast. They're good, thank man. you. Thank it's you. Cool it's stuff. A, it's thank start, you. But I feel like we've got something going yeah. now. So, yeah. uh, so this is good. And yeah. yeah pleasure meeting you both. Cool. Pleasure meeting you too, man. If you guys can also just tell everybody where they can find you, like social media. Yeah. We're easy at get bold group. That's our website. That's it. Get boldgroup.ca. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Super easy. I mean, my personal one is Andrew sold it. Mine's yeah. my heat man. Um, Instagram is kind of our main, our main blow. So yeah. Yeah. Okay, perfect. perfect. Well, thank you. Thank you. And, uh, and thanks if they for, can't find, if they can't find us, we'll find them. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's your <laughs> job, right? That's your yeah, job. That's yeah. it. We'll follow up with you until yeah. you sell. Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff, boys. Yeah. Well, yeah, we appreciate you guys, man. Yeah. All right. Thanks for joining us. And thanks again for tuning in until next time. Have a good one.